Holy moly, man, I was uh, regretting some things this morning because I stayed up last night. I was watching the, the big uh, news coverage, hmm. you know, uh, CNN, Fox News, uh, flicking back and forth. If they, I was thinking, oh, maybe there'll be some conclusion to this thing. Huge mistake. Huge. Well, they feed you with the countdowns. It's countdowns everywhere. It's touchscreens. Yeah. I think, I mean, the touchscreens are the real story. Like things are happening, but <laughs> yeah. they're not really. <laughs> I can make this uh, turn red or I can make it turn blue. Yeah. And if this happens, then this might happen. The anticipation. But we can't say yet. Yeah. And it's just, I really felt they were giving, they were running me around. Oh. Round and around. Yeah, and around. Uh, so. I've got it on on the TV. I'm lying in bed, and and whatever time it gets to, and I wake up this morning and I paid for it. You know, I wake up this morning. I feel like trash, and I paid for it. And what did it do for me? You know, I'm first of all, I'm sitting here in Canada. All right, uh -huh. first of all, well, no, it affects us. No, it affects us. I'm Not just to a huge degree, but I'm just joking well. around. Yeah. I'm just joking around. But either way, uh, I'm not sure what good it was at all for me to be gl uh, glued to any of that last night. And uh, and I regretted it this morning. Huh. But uh, th the show must go on. And I would like to offer up some content here for the universe, for, for the internet. Uh -huh. I'd like to offer up some content that is not about politics, believe it or not. It's, uh, this is not CNN and this is not Fox News right here. No. No, this, this is, is Lou Later. This is pure. This is Lou Later. Talking talk about technology. Yeah. You can talk about a couple of phones. And our uh, top story here is about the iPhone 12. An old pal I haven't seen in a really long time, Mr. Phone Buff. Uh, that's not his real name. His real name is Dave, I think, yeah. if I recall correctly. Shout out. He, uh, he, does, these, uh, he, he does these cool kind of speed tests. And he's got robots for it, clicking buttons. He tries to do a real world, try to do a real world speed test. Hmm. And the reason that I think people like it or sit around and wait for his versions of the speed test is because it's not just a benchmark tool, mm -hmm. just running through something. It's more, okay, if I buy this phone, is it going to make my life, my daily interactions with it faster? And so this is this is why he developed this particular test. Now, if you look at the specs on paper. He put the iPhone 12 Pro up against the Note 20 Ultra, which was the current champ, I guess, for his style of speed test, what he's been doing lately. And you see the spec list here. You have the, uh, the A14 versus, obviously, the 865 Plus Snapdragon. You have far less RAM on the iOS side, but, of course... Software, hardware optimizations, and that silicon they've been working on. What can they pull off with uh, only six gigs of RAM? You see a storage difference, a little bit of a resolution difference. And, of course, also a price difference is important. Now, there are other uh, specifications that matter on a phone that, are, that don't show up here, but this is about speed, and these, are, these can be contributing uh, factors when it comes to, uh, to speed. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so if you play a little bit here or maybe just pick a couple of frames there, You'll see the style of speed test is opening a series of apps, uh, running through a couple of tasks, including 
couple of photo editing tasks and exporting a video clip. That's where the iPhone really picked up a huge lead was in the export of a video file. It just mm. crushed it much faster because you can see right now they're pretty close, mm -hmm. the, uh, the Note and the iPhone. But when it's all said and done, the iPhone ends up winning. And uh, I think, I don't know. I don't know if that's surprising. It hasn't been on the, it hasn't been the leader in a while because obviously other phones, other new phones on the Android side have come out. And the newest phone right now is the latest iPhone. So maybe you would expect it to win. Mm -hmm. But you can check it out for yourself. I think it beats it by about, I think the iPhone beats it by about 20 seconds. And you can see the, uh, the stopwatch at the end. If you just pick, go a few frames prior and pause it. Uh, maybe even la even more so. I see that playhead still moving there, Will. You got to go earlier. He leaves this end frame for quite a while. There you go, 224 versus 241. So it's saving you uh, 20 seconds every two and a half minutes of power use. Hmm. See? So that's something. Yeah, it makes a difference. Uh, over the course of the day, mm -hmm. and it does it with far less RAM, so it showcases some of the advantages of having everything happen take place in-house. Anyway, I, I find this, these things to be kind of interesting. How much this matters to the average user is going to depend on the average user. But Apple can get away with more for less in the RAM area. It's quite surprising. Mm -hmm. And the reason the RAM matters, and this 6 gig upgrade for the iPhone has been such a big, uh, has, has helped out, is because half of the test is reopening apps that have been closed mm -hmm. or where you've moved on to another app. And then previous iPhones with less RAM would have to reopen apps rather than mm. have them still in that state, in the on state, let's yeah. say. But in this particular test, and you can see the long list of apps there, it didn't. The iPhone didn't have to do that, and that helped out with the uh, the overall time there as well. So I don't think this is a surprise. Of course, this iPhone, the especially the Pro model, of course, this thing's going to be powerful. And more powerful, in fact, in this test than the Note 20 Ultra. Hmm. Today's sponsor, I'm wearing. I'm wearing today's sponsor right now. Oh, it's, yeah? Yeah, it's me, Undies. And uh, I am so comfortable. I was, I've been talking to you mm -hmm. because, you know, I try, I try out the underwear here and there. Yes. I try them out. I see what's going on in the marketplace. And, yes. Uh, and then you tell me, oh, you know, uh, MeUndies, we got uh, MeUndies going to be on a show, and and so they send out some stuff. Yes. And all of a sudden, I'm putting the un the underwear on. Right in there. Yeah, I'm putting them on. Okay. And immediately, I think to myself, because I want to do an I'm trying to run an analysis here. Uh huh. And immediately, I think to myself, that's the most comfortable underwear that I that I've ever worn. Really. That's what I think to myself. Yeah. Well, you told me about it. And the thing about it is it's so uh, light. Mm -hmm. You don't even notice that it's there. And they got the this, this crazy soft material. But my experience didn't stop there. Because I put the underwear on. You know, it looks like that. Pretty, pretty basic one. I put that one on. And I went through my day. All right? And I was fine with that day. Actually, I liked that day. It didn't probably improve the day. Okay. But then... I kept oh. digging into the package, and I found the uh, the pants, the lounge pants. Oh. And once I put that on, it was a different story because I could begin to appreciate everything even more because this stuff is made out of 
equally soft, if not more soft, e at least as soft material. And I didn't have the patterns like this. This is the one that you got? No, I had no? the plain. Oh. They, they knew me well. They gave me the plain color. Yeah, and I put that on, man. And, 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 and tell the truth, Will, I told you right away before we did the shout on this show, I said, that's a different story. I put those on and I was like, I can't even feel these. I don't even feel like I'm wearing pants right now, but I'm wearing pants. Are you? Yeah, I'm lounging. Yeah, the double check. Yeah, I'm lounging. Yeah. So they got a lot of different products. It all comes down to that soft micro modal. That's what it's all about, Will. Mm. You got to get the right mat uh, material on there. And they got some cool stuff as well. With uh, You can actually get a membership program. So you, you got the fresh undies and socks every month. Top of the drawer. Bit mm -hmm. of a refresh. Because otherwise you forget... It gets out of hand. Mm -hmm. It gets out of hand. You got no new ones coming into the cycle. It's very important. So uh, this holiday season, let me tell you right now, this is going to make a good gift. Maybe you even want to treat yourself. You have no idea how this might improve your day when you just, all of a sudden your underwear got upgraded or you're lounging in the super soft pants. Mm. Best part of all this, man, you're going to get a deal right now. You're going to get to... Because you listen to Lou later, you're going to get 15% off and free shipping for first-time purchasers. And they have a problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with the product for any reason, they'll refund and exchange it. You're going to get cozy. You're going to sit by the fire. You know the weather's getting a little colder out. Yeah. You're going to put the lounge pan on. Oh, yeah. And uh, I can't wait to get you hooked up as well, Willie. Dude, it's very important. You can use the code yourself, actually. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. All you got to do is... Uh, Go to MeUndies.com slash LouLater, and, and, and that's it. You're going to get your 15% off and your free shipping. Once again, that is MeUndies.com slash LouLater. Don't forget the slash LouLater. That gives you the deal, and that lets them know that we sent you over there. Go upgrade your underwear game. One more thing on the, on the uh, iPhone 12 here. You may have seen this floating around. Hmm. Many had speculated that when the MagSafe thing showed up, that it wasn't just going to be a play for Apple's first-party accessories, but also that the third party might come, come in there with some interesting stuff that could hook onto the magnet. Mm -hmm. And it didn't take long at all. Obviously, these guys were working on this in advance. Obviously, they had a relationship with Apple. Obviously, they were ready to go. This is a company I've used their products in the past. Fun stuff. Company's called Moment. Mm. And they've been about camera attachments and lenses for your uh, iPhones, not just iPhones, but also Pixel devices and Samsung devices in the past. And uh, based on this premise, you put a case on and then you can hook in lens yeah. adapters to get, you know, to sort of uh, uh, upgrade or enhance mm -hmm. your photo taking, video making mm -hmm. on your phone. Give you more options, almost like an interchangeable lens system. Well, anyway, they must have caught word early on about this magnet thing, and they created a bunch of accessories that plop right onto that magnet, including a tripod. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Snap a nice, powerful magnet over there for the tripod. Uh, uh, a shoe mount, which is going to let you hook up, whether it be an LED light, it could be a microphone for all the vlog types, mm -hmm. all the filmmaker types. 
They've also got a vent mount and one that looks kind of cool in the picture at the very top. There looks like a wall mount as well, but I like the little, the weird little arm there on the far right. That mm. thing looks cool. Just, I don't know why it matters or what, you know, what you, yeah. what you need it for, but I kind of like that. It's like a, with a pivot point, it's this arm so you can put your phone in unusual yeah. places to create your uh, feature films as you would. They're around 30 bucks, these accessories. The case, on the other hand, is uh, 50 bucks. You don't need the case by the looks of it to interact with the accessories. They can snap straight onto the the phone mm -hmm. without the case, but you can get the case from them as well if you want to get into their whole lens situation and start purchasing those also. So, so this is real. Is this real? Wait a sec. You just you just because uh, I'm looking at uh, you just Janko made, design. It's uh, very conceptual stuff. You made me very nervous there. Yes, it's definitely real <laughs> and it's available now actually. Oh, okay. oh well, it's pre-order. I apologize. It's all pre-order. So yeah, you might be looking at renders. Oh okay. Because it is pre-order still, but it's definitely real. Well, it looks real. Like all of this makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, no, it's definitely real. Yeah. Okay. But you had me for a second there. <laughs> I was like, wait, what's what's going just on? Just the here? website. You had it's me for a second there. Well. First iPad Pro with mini LED display is likely coming in Q1 2021. We have a new report here. This mini LED stuff been talked about for a while. Uh, the claim is that it's going to have the same benefits as OLED, but along with potentially increased brightness, improved power efficiency, and a lower risk of burn-in. Well, that sounds exciting. It sounds like an improvement in every single way. Mm. I'm skeptical. I mean, you got to wait and see it, see what it's capable of. But obviously, it's a, it's, you, there would have to be some reason mm -hmm. to, to march towards that technology. Maybe there's a cost component. But anyway, these are the, uh, the potential benefits that they're uh, referencing. This, uh, of course, uh, according to Ming Chi Kuo, predicted that the iPad Pro will be the first Apple product to make the switch to mini LED. Transition should start with the 12.9-inch model, followed eventually by the 11-inch model. And then the other rumor that goes along with this is that the mini-LED could show up on the MacBook lineup, maybe even the iMac. And you saw that Apple, they had that announcement of another event. I mm -hmm. think the tagline was uh, one more thing. Yes. And I saw that note getting passed around on social media. So maybe they announced some of this tech in uh, in these upcoming mm -hmm. laptops rumored to be talked about at this particular event. Mm -hmm. It's quite possible. So mini LED, it doesn't sound as good as OLED. No. And uh, it, not to be confused with OLED, it's, it's, a, it's a different technology, not to be confused with micro LED either. Mm -hmm. a mini LED is a new form of backlighting on LCD screens. So that's why I'm a little bit skeptical compared to OLED. It's so different are they tech. like improved LCDs in a way? Mm. Well, the drawback with LCD is the backlight, right? Yeah. T yeah, yeah. Typically, it's like I don't want to look at the backlight. Mm -hmm. I need that. I need the black, black. Mm -hmm. I mean, I need it. Oh, okay. Yeah, we all do. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. And so, when you would have, uh, well, you had all kinds. You had the original backlight, then you had the edge light. They keep trying to control the light because otherwise, you get that mud color, that like gray tone thing. Because you can't. I've had. Uh, then local dimming came along. You could dim it in a section, and mm -hmm. but it's never been perfect. It's never been OLED. Mm -hmm. So presumably this micro or uh, mini LED, not micro LED, mini LED, could could create a more precise.
backlighting yeah. and therefore take away those drawbacks of the current backlight setups for LCD technology. Hopefully much cheaper too. That's the idea. Yeah. That could be the idea. So OnePlus has announced more Nord phones and it's getting, it's officially out of hand now mm. because, well, I can't keep it together. How do you even know? I didn't know what they were going to do with this brand when it first started. I yeah. thought, okay, keep it. Maybe you got one phone for the year because obviously as OnePlus, you're already doing a bunch of stuff too. Mm -hmm. As OnePlus, the main brand OnePlus, you got the, you had the 8, you had the 8 Pro, you had the 8T. Mm -hmm. Now you got the Cyberpunk phone coming out, which I'm excited for of the bunch. At least that one's quite a bit different. And then you come with Nord. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, you got a lot of phones right now, OnePlus. Yeah. And then they're like, no, 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 Nord is a whole thing. And now we got even more stuff. And look, I'm not saying it's bad. Selection is good. Somebody in the marketplace. However, it just feels a little bit less special now. Mm -hmm. The Nord brand, because now you're like, oh, they're going to have 10 models over here. Now, the two models they announced here, uh, N10 5G, N100, are going to have a wider release, supposedly eventually landing in North America, unlike the original OnePlus Nord. Uh, N10 5G is going to launch for around 412 bucks US the equivalent, and it'll have a Snapdragon 690. The N100, that's the budget model. It's 179 British pounds, 199 euros, and 235 USD. Of course, depending on where the exchange rate is, that's a Snapdragon 460, so very budget-oriented. Now, they're saving money on the chips, but the rest of the spec sheet actually looks fairly decent. In fact, if we're looking at the N100, which is the cheap, I mean, it's just over $200. It's got a 6.5-inch display, dual stereo speakers, 5,000 milliamp-hour battery, 18 watt fast charging. The RAM does get reduced to four gigs and you don't have a ton of storage, 64 uh, gigs of storage. And, and obviously there's no 5G there, but for around 200 bucks, hmm. I mean, that market continues to heat up the like ultra entry level. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's some cachet with the OnePlus brand where people are looking at some of the other around $200 brands and they might be a bit nervous, like, uh, mm -hmm. know about that particularly in, in, in this market here in North America. So OnePlus, you're, you're aware of them. They've been doing this for some time now. They kind of had that cult following early, and now they're just pretty well-recognized, at least in the tech community. Mm -hmm. And so maybe if you only got the 200 to spend, you're getting a brand that you're a little bit more comfortable with. Also, they do some degree of software optimizations, limiting, in some cases, animations and mm -hmm. things that if you were on a lower-spec chip, you might like that. Yeah. So anyways, more Nord phones. I think we actually, I think we're getting them very soon. Mm -hmm. So we may have more to say on that. The Motorola Razr, this was a fun phone. Well, what, am I, what I mean was, it is a fun phone. I got it right here. Like not too many phones, they sit right here. This one, I keep it right here because it's a, it's a fun phone. Yeah. Anyway, the unboxing experience, you watch the unboxing video, many of you have. Amazing unboxing experience, both versions, uh, the original and then the 5G model. Some of my favorite unboxing experiences. But uh, it wasn't the best experience for everyone, Will. Well, first of all, that experience that you just showed off right yeah, there was, cool. was exclusive to my unit. But the box on the inside, on the other hand, look at that. That's cool on its own, Will. Mm -hmm. Come on now. Oh, yeah. So anyway, the problem was that it had this custom fit 
piece of foam in there that was supposed to hold it in place in its unfolded orientation like this. And there were some problems. Apparently, it wasn't being held in place as well as they would have liked. They eventually give out the instruction to their, to their retailers, places like Amazon. Can you please open the package and fold the unit up so it's a little more protected? Mm. Okay, so, of course, Amazon says, all right, fine. But people start getting their devices, and they're like, wait a sec. Who's been folding my phone? I'm yeah. supposed to be the one to fold. Who touched it? Yeah, they see a couple fingerprints like, hey, this is used. Someone touched it. And you don't like that. I mean, this is a, the, you know how it goes with the unboxing experience, Will. You won't be oh, the first yeah. one. Mm-hmm. They can't ruin that for you. So obviously there's a bit of a blowback. People are not happy. And, and so Motorola had to respond. And it, it was bad. Like, apparently the retailers had to cut chunks away from the foam Ugh. to make it fit in the folded fashion. So you would see some, like, little shavings in there. Mm. You're just not feeling good at that moment. It's not a cheap phone mm-hmm. either. So anyway, Motorola has now said that they're going to be repackaging the razor at the factory level going forward. So they won't be asking retailers to do this. So you get the clean experience mm-hmm. going forward. Now, they didn't say much about what about the people who already had the thing, but... I feel like, look, if everything's working and you know that somebody at Amazon just was asked to do it, you could give it a wipe and be all right. Yeah. But going forward, apparently have a solution for it. Kind of a funny story. It's from a couple of days ago, but you and I both found it interesting. Mm -hmm. This next one's pretty wild. The PlayStation 5 making all kinds of news. Uh, I'm going to be, I got another video, PlayStation 5 on Friday. Uh, maybe the most widely talked about thing possibly is about this controller Mm -hmm. and particularly, uh, this new approach to haptic feedback, this kind of dynamic mm-hmm. haptic feedback, depending on the circumstance, depending on uh, how, how much you pull on this trigger. And so it had many questioning, well, how do you implement something like that? What is the mechanical, what mechanical aspects are necessary in order to achieve this? And it scans to the correct position in this video if you want to showcase it. It is a wild contraption inside of the trigger capable of creating this effect. And as he flips it over here, what you're going to notice and, and also takes off this panel, is this uh, crazy relationship here between a couple of different components. You got one little cog, and it tugs on that spiral, and it's capable of, like, look when he presses it. Watch what happens. Hopefully he presses it here in a moment. You see that? It will push down and then maneuver the spiral, and then the big component on the outside will then indicate to the controller which stage of mm. the of the pull you're on. Yeah, the motor gives it tension. And then the motor will the motor will react with the correct amount of tension in right. relationship to the amount of pull. Right. So like if you're pulling on a bow or something. You imagine like designing that, something like that? That's loud. <laughs> you imagine Willie Do, you're sitting there, you're in Japan. Yeah. They say when you you pull the bow and the bow and arrow on this next game this next generation console yeah we want it to feel like a bow mm-hmm. and will do just sitting in his office he's sitting there in tokyo no they're not based in tokyo whatever wherever they're based in japan will do sitting there he just got lunch out the vending machine yeah he's relaxed having a time and then he gets that put, put uh just shoved shoved in his face and I love it, man. He goes to the drawing board. You sketch it up to see, to have the vision. Okay, we're going to have this go like this. Mm-hmm. And you got to fit it in a regular 
control it. And you never had that mechanism before. No, uh, even the, you know, vibration from past generations, it's just like a weight that spins around. <laughs> it's nothing. If I came it was to, amazing. I come then. to you in the same office and I say, oh, make it vibrate. You're like, okay, no problem. Yeah. No problem. I'll just eat, I'll eat my vending machine lunch real quick and then. Yeah. Because I watch those videos on YouTube. I'm, you do, I yeah. apologize. I watch the videos on YouTube. You know, there's actually decent. They do decent. I saw the the farmer bringing his own rice to the vending machine. It's his outlet. That's how he mm. he grows his own rice for the vending machine. Mm. So it's not what you think. No. They have a different respect for it yeah. in some circumstances. The vending machine. In some circumstances. In Japan. I, you know, every so often yeah. I got to see what's going on. Anyway, this is a different level. This is not, please make it vibrate. This is, I need it along the stages and it's got to fit in a regular controller design. And uh, I mean, it's just incredible. You're going to want to check this out for yourself, but I love it personally. And uh, and what can I say? It's the key feature. It's a key differentiating feature against Microsoft, against the Xbox. That's what you get mm -hmm. when you have this innovative engineering. Mm -hmm. You get these, you're able to have a key feature. And really, I think the controller has become the story. Yeah. Well, it's up to the developers to, uh, you know, make it happen, right? But what I mean to say yeah. is on the Xbox side, it's a bit of a letdown. You got a very similar controller design. Mm -hmm. And what do you interact with with a console? Mm -hmm. The controller all the time. Mm -hmm. The controller, the newness of the controller is in many ways the newness of the console. Yes. Yes. Bit of a letdown over there. Mm. I mean, I'm just... It's not the be-all and end-all. Yeah. Uh, there are ways out of this. You launch that Halo game and it, and, and it, and it, and it gets me on, in the right places. Yeah. I'll put up with it differently. I'll put up with it. Yeah. So you still, there's still... <laughs> it's like a punishment for the old controller. Right. The Well, I mean, if it works, if it has worked well, that's for a good all point. this time. There you go. Why change it? There you go. We got to find a bright side. You know? Uh, you change a controller, some people might not like it as much as the old one. Mm -hmm. There's a risk involved. Yeah, I remember the PS4 had that uh, touching pad, but it wasn't really used that much. Yeah. Know? So maybe it's still there. It's still there. It's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Creative, but right. No one really. Nintendo is always goofing with controllers too. They're yeah, always like, yeah. "What is that next controller, though?" <sighs> well, oh, Your oh, mind. oh. Well, no, or or VR, or VR. You were showing me the other day with the uh, mm -hmm. the new Facebook one, uh, Oculus Quest, Quest, the Quest Two, V Two, yeah. yeah. And I've got, and it's controllers like this, so it's yeah. We're we're all trying to figure it out, but this is very cool. It's kind of a traditional. It is a traditional controller, but with these new innovative features mm -hmm. packed into it. Yep. We have a. Elon Musk made a comment about the SpaceX Starlink internet, which we've been talking about covering on his show. We're sort of following it along. The idea of global a global internet blanket from space is just interesting to me. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe others as well. Particularly reaching areas that have limited connection uh, or limited connectivity. Mm -hmm. Well, originally the promise was this, this some pretty incredible figures as far as the the potential for speed uh i think they even maybe talked about gigabit at one point mm -hmm. i mean they got crazy with it yeah yeah they're not there yet in fact they call the initial version the initial uh beta here 
what was the name they gave it, Will? We just talked about this recently. Uh, Better than nothing? Was it that? Is that the quote? Uh, no, no, no. Maybe it's different. Better than nothing beta. I was right. Oh, right. I found it. Okay. They called it that because they're they're basically saying, you can test this out. We need testers, but don't, it's not, this is not our finished thing. And so you just get it out the way and you say, better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, you, what is your connectivity option in some of these regions anyways? Yeah. Sometimes I just go to the cottage country and, and I'm dead. Yeah. So I mean, no cell towers. Better than nothing. Yeah. So you understand where they're going with that, but. I think in some cases they've tested better than better than nothing mm-hmm. because the top speed achieved so far in Washington state, 205 megabits per second. And the official line on this is that you shouldn't expect to exceed 150, but people are testing 205 depending on the location. Kind of promising. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't change the fact that the price at the moment, a little bit cost prohibitive because you have this $600 up front and nobody wants to pay $600 up front for anything. Mm-hmm. People don't even want to pay $600 up front for their phones right now. Mm-hmm. So now they got to pay it for this. And then so Elon comes out and he actually uh, sends a tweet. It was a reply tweet. And if you scroll down, you can see, it's kind of cool. You can see a picture uh, of the phased array terminal. This is going to be necessary for you to make this connection. This is what's talking to those satellites. And as part of the kit, this startup kit, you get the tripod, you have that unit and you also get a router in there as well. So it, it manages everything. You're ready to connect to the Wi-Fi immediately oh. after that. And you can see this guy's in the wilderness. I love that. You see the leaves and, and all the rest of it. And he's connected. Yeah. Anyway, he the, the guy who posts the picture says, it's amazing. It's, it's uh, He considers it to be really cheap for what you get. But then Elon responds with, lowering Starlink terminal cost, which may sound rather pedestrian, is actually our most difficult technical challenge. So in other words... He is not so impressed with the current cost, uh, upfront cost, and does feel that it will limit the amount of adoption. And I think he's right. If you can get that startup cost down a little bit, eventually at scale, they're just beta testing right now, but that could be a big, uh, a game changer. Yeah. And he's a realist too. He's like, yeah, not everyone's going to use it. Yeah. No, definitely not. Not right now, especially. But it's cool nonetheless, and I like to see some of those speed tests coming in higher than expected. The exact speeds they are uh, stating between 50 and 150 Mbps. So just keep that in mind. Don't get your your hopes too high immediately. Mm. We got a new YouTube view champion. And I, I mean, it's funny because I was playing this video and you heard me playing a video because I read the headline and you were like, you, and then I made a comment about, oh, this is just a couple kids. It looks like a kind of, I mean, no, I'm not saying this a, in an offensive way, but it kind of looks like an independent mm-hmm. production. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, a, like a low budget, relatively low budget mm-hmm. production. I was surprised because mm-hmm. you hear, I've heard this baby shark terminology. By the way, it's baby shark. Yeah. I should say baby shark is not a most viewed YouTube video all time. And did you look at the number yet, by the way? Uh, I did. But a couple days ago, I glanced at it. The number I, itself? I okay, all right. Well, it's uh, it may surprise you. It's uh, very similar to the number of humans on planet Earth. It's pretty wild. Uh-huh. Uh, Baby Shark has recently surpassed Despacito 
It has now hit 7.04 billion views. Now, it hasn't passed it by a lot because Despacito is 7.03. I don't know if this is over for good, but Despacito had quite a big lead. Mm -hmm. However, that's a song, and you know songs, well, they're both songs, but that's a pop song. This one, on the other hand, what they're saying is uh, lockdown, COVID, and then the, and then the moms and dads for the kids are just hitting that replay. Mm. Baby shark, you know, and the yeah. kids are, I don't know, the kids are dancing or what mm-hmm. they're doing, but either way, uh, they were able to increase the velocity of views to actually catch Despacito, which didn't look like it was going to happen. In fact, uh, Despacito was uploaded after Baby Shark, mm. right? Despacito. Yeah, I remember it was a hot summer. January 2017, it was uploaded. But then it blew up in the summer, yeah. right? And then uh, Baby Shark, on the other hand, was June 2016 when it was first uploaded. So it, the, the velocity changed, and it's indicative of our changing environment in which we live and how we consume stuff and, and uh, how people are getting through this very bizarre time. Baby Shark is one of the tools that people are using. <laughs> and whatever, shout out to them. I don't know if it's, it's helping people out and they're watching it, then uh, so be it. You know, the, actually the first way that I was introduced to the Baby Shark thing hmm. was only as the song. It was actually last year's uh, MLB playoffs. That's Major League Baseball. The team that won, the Washington Nationals, they had a cheer based on the Baby Shark. And when a guy would get like, a double or something, he would get to second base and he would do this. Oh. Which I guess it's, is a baby shark. It's like or, a meme. And they, they they embraced it. And then I was like, what is this baby shark? And they would play a little clip from the song. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess it's a big song on the internet. And then now here we are, uh, I guess a year later, basically yeah. a year later, and it's the most viewed YouTube video of all time. 7.04 billion views. What... Uh... What would you rather listen to on repeat? Despacito or Baby Shark? Oh, man. Wow. For the rest of my life, that's the only thing I can listen to? Yep. I'm going to take... Take your time. I feel like I got to take... I'm going crazy either way. Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's a very difficult question. I think I'll take Despacito. Yeah? If I, you know. Why? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's like it's like the election. It's by a slim margin. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I would take it too. You would. Because it's just the uh, repetitiveness of the, like, look, it's a song for young kids, right? Yeah. I guess they both kind of are, but one is yo- <laughs> one is younger than the other. Yes. I don't know. It's not an easy choice for me. Yeah. It okay. was a slim margin, but either way, uh, there you have it. You, well, you might not have known. You mm-hmm. might not have guessed.